Today we have a conversation that's almost more like a panel discussion with the top three team leaders at Preferred Shore for 2021. So we have Michelle Ward, the leader of the Michelle Ward Properties Group. We have Joe Millslegel, the leader of the Millslegel team. And we have Robert Casella, the leader of the Casella Group. So without further ado, hope you enjoy this conversation about teams, team building, leadership, and the present status of the real estate market. Well, thank you all so much for being here today. And I, I know that a lot of people are looking forward to this conversation for a, a lot of reasons. One, of course, you are all of the top performing team leaders at Preferred Shore for the year 2021. And we do have quite a few teams here. So that is definitely an achievement. And a lot of people are curious about team structures, what it's like to be on a team, and, and definitely gain some insights from how you operate. But before we get into all of that, maybe some quick introductions here, and we'll start with Michelle, ladies first. Um, I'm Michelle Ward, and uh, team lead of Michelle Ward Properties Group. Robert Casella, team lead uh, for the Casella Group. Joe Millslegel of the Millslegel team. Well, thank you very much. And um, I thought maybe we could start, uh, you've all been individual agents at the beginning of your career, then gradually progressed into a team leadership role. So um, maybe we could start by talking about some of the pros and cons of working as a team and, and maybe who you would consider that may benefit from being on a team, what, what type of attributes that a realtor would have. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of start going that direction. So maybe we'll start with you, Joe, if you want to take that question. Sure. Um, so I started out, obviously, like you said, as a single agent and I formed a team out of necessity. I had just gotten so busy that I needed another agent to field leads and customers for me. Um, in the day that I made that decision, I had to realize that I was going to give up 50% of my business. Um, that was kind of the biggest thing uh, you struggle with in the beginning of starting a team. Mm -hmm. If you start it that way, which I'm told, I should have just added a TC and an assistant and then agents. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes you learn these things. I mean, you just, when you're flying so fast and yep. sometimes you make a decision, then you make it right. And right. apparently it's all worked out just fine in the end. So right. Right. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Robert? Uh, in, in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, figuring out why I've kind of evolved into this uh, team lead position. I, someone basically said, why, you know, why don't you form a team? And I said, gosh, I, I don't know that I could necessarily lead other people. And they said, of course you can lead. You have all the faculties uh, to try to make a difference in, in people's lives. And, uh, and uh, I, I really enjoy working with people. So I kind of took that to the next level and started investing meaningfully in uh, who they wanted to become, as, as Joe said just the other day, or just moments ago, rather, your why. What is your why? Mm -hmm. And if you're hungry and you're committed uh, to uh, making uh, a positive, uh, um, uh, having a positive journey in real estate, you'll go far. Absolutely. And how about you, Michelle? So my, my main reason was leverage. Um, had the girls and were traveling a lot with cheerleading and it was really to be able to have a family life and a work life. And, um, you know, the, the whole thing that strives me with a team is to try to help the agents succeed, if not the same, but, but more. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's really what I get out of it is just being the cheerleader for them. But again, it started really more for leverage for my time because you start getting so busy and you wanna kind of spread the wealth, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing, um, as, I, as I mentioned, of course, you all started as individual agents and there are a lot of great, very effective individual agents that kind of prefer it that way. So I'm curious, um, since you've been on both sides of the aisle, what your comments might be in regards to the differences between operating as an individual versus now being team leaders and maybe some of the advantages you feel that, that running a team give you now. So maybe start again with you. <laughs> so, you know, the biggest thing for me is, is with running a team, and th this goes for myself as well as anybody on the team, but they have people to look to to get answers. You know, the team support, it's not the easiest to, to sell real estate individually just because you, you can't bounce ideas off of certain people and, you know, masterminds, things like that within the group. But, 
you know, an agent may get down because they may not be having the best week and you have that team to pick you up to give you that positivity to keep you going. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I, I think it's that cheerleader right behind you to keep you going and knowing it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how about you, Robert? Yeah, for me, uh, I like the culture. I like being surrounded by people that have a similar mindset. And for me, uh, you know, I like the fun aspect of it. You know, you get a lot of like-minded people together, and if you're laughing all the time, it's not really work. Even through the more difficult times when there's difficult transactions, in the end, if you can rally behind one another and ultimately end with the laugh and just say, hey, things are going to get better for the next day, get mad, get sad, get over it, Today's uh, tomorrow's a new day, and then just having that mentality moving forward. Mm-hmm. How about you, Joe? What advantages may uh, come to you? Um, experience. So you have a collective of experience where I think your average real estate agent does three to 10 transactions a year. Mm -hmm. Whereas a team, um, I know as well with them, they, we all did over 100 transactions last year. If you count the entire team, that's a lot of experience you're gaining in a year. Mm -hmm. So the experience you're getting through the transactions, because even, even your team agents, you're touching every transaction. You're learning together, but even when we bring on new team agents, you know, in three years, we might have 400 transactions of experience. Mm -hmm. That's huge in this industry, mm -hmm. just because of the way that the market is and it moves so fluidly so often, like y you, need, you need experience to really navigate this as a full-time career and not just something part-time or job or, you know, a flash in the pan where you're good for about three years. Like to make this a 20 year thing, you need that knowledge and experience. Totally agree. Do you um, feel that there's any um, difference in the experience that customers get by choosing a, a to work with a, a team versus working with an in individual agent? Is there anything that comes to mind? Can I guess uh, start with you again, Joe? Yeah, so <laughs> like I said, the knowledge, obviously. Mm -hmm. We're gonna have a lot more knowledge built into each of our agents because they get the same knowledge that we're, we're teaching them every week we do weekly team meetings and like she said, masterminds, word group chats. So everything that comes up in a transaction is ran by everybody in the team. Mm -hmm. So you're not just getting one brain, you're getting multiple people thinking about every issue that might come up in a transaction. Mm -hmm. Very well said. Yeah, great point. And, and I call that wingman support. When someone's really challenged with a situation, uh, someone with different experiences can kind of come in and you know present their experiences relative to a situation. There's many instances where I may not be the best fit for that conversation and uh, adding an element of uh, someone else's personality into that uh, conversation can be have a dramatic uh, influence on the outcome of that conversation and usually it can be positive as long as you can identify the personality traits of the customer you're working with mm -hmm. you can pair those personalities to create an optimal arrangement for for great success love that yeah how about you Michelle I mean, it, it really goes along the lines of what they both said is, you know, with a team, I know oftentimes I'm bringing up any anything that the team or myself run into just so that everybody's versed on that, that type of experience and, you know, what to teach them, the outcome. And I, I think we're just, with the team, we're, we're able to um, expose them to more problems or or solutions than the typical you know single agent mm -hmm. and you know and don't get me wrong there's a lot of great single mm -hmm. agents that give phenomenal service to to customers so you know I, I don't think it's fair to say that one is better than the other it's mm -hmm. just a possibly a little different experience right and the other thing that's it's interesting to me that's also different is all of your leadership styles and personalities and um, you know it, it's fascinating to me how many different paths there are to success in real estate but you all are very effective leaders but in in different ways you know of course you all have different personalities different backgrounds different hobbies and things that you know all kind of tie tie into it and so um, maybe we'll start with you Joe and talk about how you think about leadership and um, you know the culture on your team perhaps um, well I, I think it all starts obviously with us as team leaders and they look at us as an example of how we do business. So like, I, I like to always kind of show that I'm always available for them. Mm -hmm. So they should always be available for their customers, mm -hmm. especially early on in a career. 
So if you, a lot of my team members are in their first couple of years of their career, like that's when you're building your business. You're building your trust with your customers. They're going to you know use you over and over again. You need to build that foundation. So they watched me build that foundation. Mostly everybody on my team has followed my career from the beginning. They were either, I knew them prior through fitness or something like that. So they, they saw me as an example and that's why they came to me. Mm -hmm. um, I think it just starts the building that foundation and teaching how to build that foundation. Yeah. I think for me, it's always been about winning by inches, especially as you get into the upper echelon uh, of agents. They they always seem to do things. They always go that extra mile. And, you know, in the end, with the prevalence and the number of realtors that are out there, you know, winning, winning, uh, winning a contract on a home, you know, that's the goal because first prize is a home, second prize is a set of steak knives. No one wants a set of steak knives. I don't want a set of steak knives. Do you want a set of steak knives? No. I don't want one. So I want to I wanna make sure that I convey to my folks that, hey, you have to do what it takes to win the battle. Uh, and, and then ultimately, you're going to win the war in terms of, you know, representing yourself and growing your business. And, um, and, and again, it, it does come down to being positive despite all, because let's face it, we're in a rejection business. That's what we do. You have to excel uh, in moments of adversity. And if you get that tough skin, you're going to be a leader just naturally uh, by exhibiting those attributes in the face of rejection. Yeah. Very good. Well, and, and what I, I teach is your success is what you put into it. And that's what I tell the agents, too. You know, as, as much as you want to reach that success it is possible but you have to put the work into it just like i put the work into them and i mean that's really the the motto that we follow is whatever you put into it that's the success and and i know my track record i've been able to show you know that that you're perfectly capable to to reach as far as you want to um, you know, there's a there's a big misconception with realtors, and it's easy, but obviously we all know that that's not the case. <laughs> I see and, lots of uh, expressions <laughs> here. <laughs> um, and you know, I mean, it's and that's what it is. It's it's how dedicated you are to your work is is really how how successful you're going to be. Yes. Well, um, Michelle and I had a conversation recently, very recently, a few hours ago, about the way that when you start to really tighten down the screws for performance, to, to start to really excel and succeed at a, at a higher level, it's like training to be an amateur, you know, you can, you can be effective as an amateur much easier than you can be, you know, a world-class athlete like an Olympian. And so, you know, you start really fine-tuning stuff at a certain level. Michelle's working on that quite a bit. I know that you guys are as well. Are there any performance metrics that come to mind that are important to you as you are working with your team members? Are there certain things that you're monitoring or measuring that you feel help everybody stay on track? If anything comes to mind, I'll let <laughs> whoever feels like going first. <laughs> um, more specifically, what are you what are you looking for? So volume, units, that type of. I didn't know if anything comes to mind. I know some okay. people um, they'll they'll measure and monitor the prospecting activities of the team members. They'll okay. have certain um, expectations or requirements for a certain number of phone calls, or you know, there's just there's a, a lot of different ways that I've seen teams. Right. Measure performance and mine's more based on a dollar amount than actual closed units or phone calls. Um, because of the amount of leads that we generate, for me, it's it's more about the dollar amount quarterly. So it keeps mm -hmm. some kind of yearly goals are great, which I think all of us probably sit down with our team at some point in December. Or I think Michelle did hers last year in November, but we say, you know, what are you expecting for next year? What are your goals for next year? That way they're always looking forward to something, but I have quarterly goals for them because I truly believe if they follow the system with the leads that we provide and the education we provide, it's a very easy goal to obtain. Um, mm -hmm. Other other than that, I think that's that's how I measure how our team's actually doing. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, you know, the, the other kind of things they can hit. You know, how, let's say Maggie and Christian one month, 
you know, they, they hit 12 transactions. I'm going to recognize if the next month they hit 13, there's new PR mm. where mm-hmm. I come from fitness PRs are everything. Right. Yeah. Love that. And that's the, what I was getting at in terms right. of measurements. So that's right. fantastic. Right. Is there anything that comes to mind for you, Robert? For me, it's the number of conversations they're having. Uh, ultimately it's up to me to help them, uh, with conversion, right? Cause you have quantity, uh, quantity of conversations and conversion. So it's always been a numbers game, maybe less a little bit now, at least with the buyers, mm-hmm. uh, where conversion is where we really have to place a little bit more emphasis to win these close battles, win by inches. But ultimately, it still comes down to having as many conversations as possible. So when I meet with my team weekly, when I meet with them individually, my discussion is always centered around how many conversations are you having? Uh, ultimately, I feel like that is going to be the principal driver of what the volume you're going to do as long as I'm presenting a meaningful way to kind of convey things to improve that conversion ratio. So that's my metric is how many conversations are you having with customers on a weekly basis? Very good. My, you know, my measurement for the team is a little bit different. Um, you know, I'm not making sure that they're putting notes in the system. You know, every phone call they make, I, I'm not requiring them to make phone calls every day. Weekly, we do check on that. Um, you know, I'm I'm more focused on their goals and, and our goals as a team because everything is so ever-changing. So my goal is to help them meet their goal. And so, you know, as you know, I'm in the office pretty much every day. So I'm seeing who's coming in, what they're doing, you know, what what transaction they're making, what offers they're putting out. And it really goes back to our motto, and it's, it's what you put into it. So, you know, we we are a high producing team and we intend to keep that and so we want everybody operating at the same pace and um it's really the motivation of things and and just keeping track of of who's who's targeted on their goal because when it's their own personal goal and you keep reminding them where they are what they need to do how do we get you there and you're working Mm -hmm. with them i i feel that's the biggest motivation for them yeah that's great Mm -hmm. there is um something that that i i think is really important in to be a good leader and and I've seen you all do this where you recognize the leadership attributes in your team members and help them raise their own standards sometimes. And I know recently, Michelle, you helped everybody set goals. But but if I recall, some of the team members were a little bit anxious about the goals that were mm-hmm. set and they felt because they felt that they would be quite difficult to hit. And I'm curious, right. maybe can you elaborate if they're keeping up with the goals that they were are. set or they not? They actually <laughs> are. They're, they're quite surprised too. Um, pleasantly surprised, of course. But you know, with anybody, I think what it is, is, is you, you have to have a goal and you have to have some sort of number or units or whatever it may be that, that you integrate into your, your team structure. But there has to be something for, for somebody to reach or else what are they reaching for? Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, there was some hesitation at first, but um, I, I think most of them are pleasantly surprised. It's, it's easy peasy and they're very excited about it because it's just going to bring, you know, more growth for them mm-hmm. and, and, and more capital in their, their pockets and they'll be able to grow as an individual along with the team. Absolutely. So, you know, are there ways that come to mind that you help your team members raise their standards and help help them believe a little bit bigger than they maybe once thought was possible? Um, sure. I mean, I think when all of them get into real estate, I don't know that they have a realistic expectation of what this truly can be. And I, they they also alluded to this as hard as you want to work or as much as you want to put into this as dedicated you are to customers you, you can really go as far as you want to in real estate mm-hmm. um, and you know I, I think that my team likes to they're very competitive like I said a lot of them you know were competitors or something along those lines um, so they, they keep each other pretty accountable when it comes to these goals you know on who who did what this month mm-hmm. you know so I, I i like the competitiveness and I, I actually when i was interviewing new team members i said hey they're pretty competitive on the team mm-hmm. so i just want to give you a heads up on that you know if, if you do join that's part of our culture 
Right, yep. right. How about you, Robert? Yeah, it's interesting, and I love uh, what he said, the competitive aspect and mm-hmm. uh, being in sports in my whole life. It's always been about competition. And, and with Lennar, I always used to say I used to work for the uh, builders, and uh, in the recession time, it, it used to be a situation where uh, the big joke is you'd throw a piece of meat on the ground, and we all scramble and just rip at it because that's how competitive <laughs> mm-hmm. it was. After being in that environment for so long and competing and having your name on a board, being compared to everyone, and and hey, that is a tremendous motivation. I've been in that environment. Uh, you know, for me right now in my career and what I try to convey to my team is to become the best version of yourself. Compete mm-hmm. against yourself. You don't have to worry about any what anyone else is doing. How can you? be the best person you can be. And that aligns with what you said about goals. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's the goals are really a reflection of who you want to be and what you want to represent. So every day I come in, I try to just improve by 1%. Ultimately, that 1% will turn into 2% to 10%. And I'll be imp- uh, improving as an individual, uh, as a leader, and just as a person in general. Excellent. A lot of agents um, in- interview with us and, and they are on the fence. They're considering becoming a team member or going down the independent path. Are there any um, character attributes or maybe maybe positioning in, in a person's career that you think would be a better fit for somebody to choose becoming a team member versus being an independent agent? Just curious if any thoughts so come to mind. Yeah. With a single agent, you have to be a self-starter. You know, I mean, really, to be an agent, period, you have to. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're going to be an individual, that is one of the, the biggest things I can think of that you would have to have because you have to push yourself to get up every day, to, to you know, make your schedule, to make your calls, whatever it may be, in order for you to become successful. Although right. you do have to do that with a team, mm-hmm. you have a team lead that kind of structures, all right, here, here's some leads, or, you know, here, did you do your prospecting today? Or, hey, are you going to come in and prospect? We can do it as a group. So there's a little more leniency, I think, with it. Overall, I, I would think you guys would agree as well. An agent, you do have to be a self-starter, but as an individual agent, if you have that attribute, I, you, you could go far with it and you could mm-hmm. be very, very successful. Sure. Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's to be on a team, it has to become with, come with we, not me. Mm-hmm. And of course, the first thing that you automatically think about that is, well, you know, you're the team lead. It's all about you. It's me. No, 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 no. That's really when you come here, at least with my group, Mm -hmm. it's about the shield and the shield is the Casella group. I know it happens to have my name on it, but that's just (laughs) because people said, well, you got to name it the Casella group. So that's literally because my name had value out there from the reputation that I'd created with amongst my peers. But when I, when I have people come in, it's always about, I say, it's not, especially with new agents, I say, hey, it's not you, it's we. That will give you strength above and beyond just you as an individual. Mm -hmm. And I do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I don't say that I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I said, well, we we take it like this. We approach it like this. That way it provides them, it gives them a platform automatically. And at the same time, it feels like we're in it together. So for me, it's all about we, not me and it becomes if you're not going to be a team player if you're Mm -hmm. not going to have that mindset of helping others if we're helping customers why wouldn't you help others on your team right all boats rise sure you know and in and that inherent in in that is uh, a latent competitiveness but it's also doing it together very good so back to the question you said what do you look for in an agent you know the either single agent or team um I think in general, when it comes to an agent is one of my early mentors said to me one time, he said, when they're looking for people, they have to see them work a little bit first. Mm -hmm. And they really look at the agents, what they do after their first big check. Mm. Do you fly to Jamaica or do you go get another big check? (laughs) And I think that's real estate in general. The person that flies to Jamaica is not going to make it through the tough times in real estate the person that's looking for their next big check, this is their career. Yeah, that's a great, great way to frame it. <laughs> yeah. 
So you made a, a statement off air, off before we started filming, that um, that you've transitioned in your role, and as you all have. And I've also experienced times in my life where you kind of hit a new plateau and then you have to set new standards and your roles during the day and responsibilities change. So Joe, you said that about two years ago, you haven't personally taken a lead any longer. Of course, you've got your own personal contacts right. and things, right. but as far as the leads that come into your organization, you don't take those and, and now give those to your team members, correct? Correct. So it was about a month after COVID started. I sat down with Laura and I looked at her and I said, hey, listen, you know, we're, we're doing okay. Mm -hmm. The team needs this a little bit more than we do because we, we usually attract newer agents or agents that, you know, can't generate a lot of business on their own or they're just looking for more. Mm -hmm. um, I said, we're doing okay. It might be, you know, a couple months before we really pick things up again. But I stopped, I stepped out of the rotation and fed the team. And mm -hmm. this month will be two years that that happened. Um, and since then, I've had to kind of work a little bit harder to attract customers. And it's forced me to work on the business instead of in the business a lot more. Excellent. Yep. And so that's what I was curious to also hear from you, Robert and, and Michelle, if maybe there's a time that comes to mind that you recognize that maybe what you formerly did isn't appropriate anymore and you've kind of grown beyond that. And um, I, I've had to tell myself many times and I encourage others that just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. So maybe is there anything in your business, any, any time that comes to mind that you recognized that, you know, you're, you've, you've grown a little bit and you had to reallocate time or <laughs> resources? I realized it when I became a listing agent rather than a buyer's agent. Mm. Um, and it, it wasn't because that's what I preferred to do. It's just what the industry kind of did with me. And um, that's really where, you know, the, the growth started happening. The team started growing. And, and it was more, I don't want to say managerial because, you know, we're, we're, not, uh, we're, we're not in that position. But, you know, like, like Joe said, we're, we're more focused into the business and having the business growth. Um, but, um, you know, and, and, and when did that happen? Probably about three and a half years ago, I would mm -hmm. say, if I had to pinpoint it, when the role kind of really changed. I mean, I was putting out all my own signs and lock boxes <laughs> and, and all of that. Um, and, and around that time, that's when I finally hired an assistant and kind of worked worked smarter and not harder as hard is that is that the right way you put it <laughs> but uh um but i mean that's really where the turning point was and luckily that happened when it did because with the way the the market was last year if if all of that wasn't set into place i think i would have drowned it actually mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. is there anything that comes to mind for you robert um well, I think for me, uh, I think when I was in real estate, like I was always chasing the high. Like I loved when I could put together a deal or do a hustle play. You know, I remember the one time it was Super Bowl Sunday and someone asked to see my listing and I looked at him, I said, all right, I can do this. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so I, I would get high when I would get that environment where I'd put together a deal and the creation of that deal. And then... It's not that that high doesn't exist anymore, but over time, I evolved in saying, okay, I've, I've kind of done that. You know, mm -hmm. I, I've, I've, I've accomplished that. I feel like I can do that reasonably well. And then it become, okay, what can I do differently now? What's the evolution of who I am? And it took for people around me to believe in me and say, well, you can do this. You're, mm -hmm. you know, you have the faculties necessary to elevate your game. And I said, well, all right, then I'll do it. And then I gradually, what I started to do is surround myself with people that are better than me, right? Mm -hmm. That that know more, that are wiser. And I love being around these guys because, you know, they offer so much more. They have so much experience. They can, you know, improve who I am as an individual and as a person and as a business leader 
Uh, and of course, that goes without saying with you. I, I super appreciate Like, I love hanging out with these guys and having these discussions. It's a lot of fun for me. That, that's excellent. So you brought up a good point, Robert, that, um, you know, there was a time that you may have experienced a little bit of burnout. And, you know, yes. I know as an agent in production, I certainly have experienced that uh, in my past when I was in production. And I'm curious, is there any ways that you keep yourselves motivated and, and engaged? And I know that you're a very motivated person, Joe. Is there any any rituals or things that you do to keep yourself in a in a, in a positive mindset? Um. I, I think I've always had the mindset, you know, that's why I do these other competitions and I'm always doing something. I always have to have something mm -hmm. like there, there can't be just a time in my life where there's no goal. There is no achievement I need to accomplish. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just something that's ingrained in, in me, but if I don't have like this last couple months, I, I didn't, I wasn't in prep for a show. So my gym days were awful, and at least in my opinion. Like, I didn't always go in there and give 110%. I didn't move the weight that I wanted to move. I was going through the motions. If I missed a meal, whatever, you know, I'm so far out from. So I need something to strive for. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I buy a new car. And mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, well, I got I to gotta fit that back into my lifestyle where it's, you know, I'm a little bit more comfortable again mm -hmm. because I have this new thing that I decided to buy. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm always striving for something more. There's, there's something inside me that always wants more. Mm -hmm. That's great. How about you, Robert? Uh, curiosity is what makes me go. Like I, <laughs> I uh, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I am always like, if you put a big red button in front of me, I'm like, don't touch it. I mean, I'm like, oh, I could never do it. I, I want to touch it. And just because um, that's what keeps me going. I like new things and I love, I generally, I really love people. I really, I really find that everyone has a world uh, to offer. You just have to ask the question, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think inherently we're all necessarily like that to agree because you have to be able to connect with people uh, on a meaningful level to, to have that trust element to work together. It's like a temporary marriage when you're working together uh, with a customer. And, and so just being infinitely curious about everything that I do and uh, I think people see that passion and uh, hopefully they see I'm a passionate guy because I really want to pour my energy into everything 110%. Uh, and, and that makes life interesting to me. I do mm -hmm. not like monotony. I like interesting thing. I ask, ask Keith, I'm always coming in here, you know, saying something to him and talking about tomato sauce and, you know, <laughs> you name it. <laughs> How do you keep yourself motivated, Michelle? It's numbers. Mm -hmm. um, I can go back, I don't know how many years ago, I, I can remember us having a conversation, you and I, and I said, listen, I'm like uh, number 153 on, you know, the reports on MLS for the year, that's great, and he's like, you'll be in the top 100, and I'm like, oh my, God, that's so far-fetched, <laughs> like, no way. Well then, and, and that's what it is, and I think, Robert, you touched on it earlier, is always trying to better yourself, and for me, that's what it is. It's a numbers game. Mm -hmm. So when I'm sitting at the computer, I'm pulling numbers and I'm calculating, I'm looking where I'm falling. And, and that's my drive is really just to know I need to do better than mm -hmm. what I did. For me to keep motivated, it has always been to do things that I naturally enjoy and, and avoid things that I don't enjoy, which generally involve a computer, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, are there things that, that you know about yourself, you know, the, the work that you have a natural proclivity to move towards and things that you avoid? Are there, you know, just be curious if there's any commonality or, or if there's some differences between the three of you? I avoid grumpy people. <laughs> well, we all, can, we all do if we can help it. <laughs> I don't know that there's anything I necessarily avoid in the field. Um, I know that I try to make like real estate part of my everyday life. And it makes it easier to get up and do this all day. Mm -hmm. um, every so you, day. Are you super happy entering a listing into the MLS? Oh, or? no, no, no. Okay, no, that's no, what no, I mean. No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, 
No, and we have a great TC that does that now for us. So mm -hmm. that's that's incredible. Uh, when we hired a transaction coordinator for you know buyers and everything else, that that was huge. Yeah, that was a huge um, time debt that we got back. Mm -hmm. So I would say if it's anything, it is the time that I used to put into back end files that I've gotten that back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Robert? Yeah, I can't stand anything with paperwork. Like I, I just it repulses me. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I would much rather be out in the field talking and uh, enjoying uh, conversations. And uh, you know, there is an element of because inherently we're probably to a certain degree all perfectionists in our own way. Mm -hmm. So letting go of that control has been really difficult. But when you have those systems and processes put in place where you feel comfortable letting go of that, mm -hmm. uh, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, and and I know that I don't like it because I'm like, if I if it falls back to me, I'm like, oh, yeah. do I have to do this? And mm -hmm. I know that I have to do it to, to dot the I and cross the T. But uh, really, if I can avoid paperwork and, and leverage that aspect out, I'm a much happier person. Yeah, and that definitely helps. How about you, Michelle? Paperwork doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See, there's some, yeah. some differences. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, my, my way I say it is, is if it's gotta, if it's gotta be sent somewhere, I may as well do it myself. Um, you know, the, doing, doing what we do, you know, I wake up every morning. I don't dread it. Um, I don't feel like it's a job in a sense. I feel like, you know, I don't feel like I'm necessarily going out selling. I feel like I'm educating my clients to make the right decision and sometimes the biggest decision that they'll make in their life um, and, and just helping them give, give them all the information. So, mm -hmm. you know, Yes, are there days that, that we don't like? I, I don't like calling a client and saying that somebody's backing out of their contract or mm -hmm. that, you know, your your house cannot or your piece of property cannot be sold because it's in a wetland and you can't build on it. Or, you know, any of the bad news, of course, I don't think any of us enjoy doing that. But, you know, for me to get up every day, and I've said this a million times in many different conversations with many different, you know, people, is... I get up and I go to work every day and to me it's 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 not necessarily work. You're going to have, you know, worse days than others, but I I truly do enjoy what I do mm -hmm. and to be able to help people through the transactions and see the excitement on their face when they finally get to the end and you know, we may have those troubled you know, disgruntled customers, but it then it's it's almost like a high. Okay, well, let's see how we can get through this. You know, mm -hmm. and oh my gosh, do you remember when this happened? And and you can kind of laugh about it. But mm -hmm. one of my agents just told me recently. They said, Michelle, you you just don't seem concerned that it may not happen. And I said, Well, you can't. Mm -hmm. You can't dwell on what's happening because you really necessarily in this situation you can't control it. You just have to let it kind of unravel and, and guide your client on the best thing to do next and move forward. If, if, you, if you struggle with dealing with the negatives of real estate, you're, you're not, you're not going to have a great time and you're not going to enjoy what you're doing, which in return, you're not going to do a good job in directing your clientele. Very true. And um, for, for me, I, I can actually relate more a bit to Robert. You know, I'm, I'm very good at paperwork and I know you are also, but I do not enjoy it. You know, <laughs> I would rather, you know, have the fun conversations. And I, I used to love going into people's living rooms oh, and it's the best. Yeah, actually yeah. miss that now and uh, yeah. at the role that I'm, I'm in. So <laughs> yeah, 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 sure, sure. So um, I would be curious if maybe there, are, there will be team leaders, of course, that are interested to learn how you guys operate and things. I'm curious if there's any um, technological tools that you use that you find are worth mentioning that have helped, helped in the team management or lead generation or anything along those lines that... Uh, so we, um, we've used Sync. And okay. it's a it's like KV Core. It's a it's a platform, and we we also do purchase leads from them. And for me, it's um, you know they're not typically a ready now lead. You have to nurture them. But I think in the long run, I think those are almost 
better serving because you can create um, that dialogue with the client and know that they're not just calling you to kind of zip through and go look at one property and then they're kind of done with you. So um, the team has done very, very well with them and it's been very successful. So, I mean, that that is one thing other than my Mackenzie that I can owe our success to because she's <laughs> done a great job with all the social media stuff. And I think that's huge mm-hmm. in our business right now as well. Absolutely. How about you, Robert? Yeah, for me, uh, when I came out on my own, uh, I always had a bit of a tech background, uh, although that's kind of receded in in light of doing the things that I should be working on, which is working with others and helping my team. But I I started my own website through a platform, and uh, creatively speaking, I was able to really construct it in a way uh, that catered to a specific uh, niche. And that sniper as opposed to shotgun approach really helped me develop a, a very uh, loyal base uh, that was concentrated in the areas that I wanted to do. So my, technologically speaking, I created a funnel. Okay. And that funnel uh, ended up being a, a very lucrative funnel over time. And now yeah. as the market evolves, technologically speaking, you know, tweaking that website to conform and adapt to the the evolving market. That's something that I continue to do and I invest time in. And, uh, you know, putting the effort into that has really paid dividends and continues to uh, to do so today. Excellent. Um, well, it sounds like whatever you do is a single agent. And if you do it well, you need to carry it over. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, that's exactly what I did. I, I used my lead source as a single agent, which I, I buy in you know, quite a bit, as you know. Um, but it, it, I, don't, I don't really think it matters what platform you use. If you're good at it, you need to do it on a larger scale once you're going to start a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that there's one CRM that's better than another. I wouldn't say there's another lead source that's better than another. If you know how to do that, just like you had mentioned earlier in the conversation, there's so many avenues in real estate that you can go down that if you found something that works, you just need to figure out how to expand it for more people. Right. Or I think what's happened to you know all of us is we got so busy with that platform that we had to expand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I thought maybe we would um, pivot a bit and, and speak about the market in general. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of pivoting, you know, the market is always changing. And just when you feel like you've got it all figured out, everything uh, changes changes on us here. I'll, I'll um, uh, I guess, um, uh, give the asterisk that War- Warren Buffett one time said, or maybe it was his business partner, Charlie Munger, that whenever somebody makes a market prediction, you learn very little about the market and, and a lot about the person. <laughs> so, so, but, uh, but that being said, I'm curious what you guys are, are seeing out there. And, uh, you know, we're to, I guess, date this, we're about to enter May in 2022. And, uh, times are very <laughs> interesting right now. So, uh, so what are we seeing out there? I'll let Michelle go first. (laughs) (laughs) I'm seeing more inventory and it's staying on the market more than three days, which is good. Not not a bad Um, thing. (laughs) The other thing that I'm noticing is a lot more financed offers than, than cash. Uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I'd echo that sentiment in terms of days on market in, in a lot of the areas that I work in, I'm not in Lakewood Ranch in particular, not seeing a whole lot of extra inventory out there yet. Uh, but we are seeing a shift. I'm seeing fewer offers on properties. Mm -hmm. We're still getting multiple offers. Uh, but with the interest rate, we're seeing people reassess how they're approaching things, especially, especially if they're going into new construction, uh, when you have a lead time of 12 months, interest rates are rising, how are you going to evaluate that? What mm-hmm. we're going to see, builders are already extending their rate locks to try to accommodate uh, buyers, to try to induce them to you know, continue to, uh, to invest uh, or to buy their home. So we're gonna continue to see that. We may see the, uh, the builders start buying down rates again, uh, and they're gonna be the leaders. When you wanna see where the market is going, seeing what new construction is doing, 
is mm-hmm. generally a pretty fair barometer and talking with those agents behind the desk and seeing what they're seeing. I always go in, I always ask, what are you seeing out there? Mm-hmm. Because usually that's, uh, it's like California. If it's coming, uh, it probably, it may be coming down the pike. You just have to read the tea leaves and or to read the tea leaves, you have to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the market conditions depend on the price point in the area right now. They do. Um, like we had had a conversation, Sarasota's market's very strong. Um, there's a lot of money in Sarasota. So I think that there's still probably room for Sarasota's market to go up. Mm-hmm. Where is if you look at like an outlier like Northport, if you go to the MLS right now and you look over 500,000, the majority of those houses have been on the market over 30 days. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, if you go to Palmetto and you look at some of the price points in there, some of those houses are sitting a couple weeks. So when you start seeing things like that, I don't want to say that the market's going to shift because like you said, that's a, that's a huge prediction. But mm-hmm. I think with interest rates being as high as they are and rising and some of these areas at those price points, the locals can no longer buy a house. Where I've spoken to a couple of lenders where they're saying they're calling people unapproving them. Like wow. when you hear those yeah. words, you're... you're you're kind of chopping off your buyer pool every time mm-hmm. that that interest rate creeps up another point. Mm-hmm. So at what point, like Michelle was saying, you're seeing more financed offers and more inventory. I think even the president of Rasm said that March was the first time that there was a positive amount of listings compared to pending and sold. So you see those kind of things and you start to wonder, okay, are we getting a little bit more balance here? where I think our team has at least a handful of transactions that are five or 10% under asking. Okay. That are pending right now. Hmm. Well, and I think last night, um, Sarasota, Sarasota, uh, they hit a thousand listings and it hasn't done that in a a long time. Mm -hmm. It has been a while. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And it's good for buyers to have choices. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think the problem there is a lot of the buyers that were looking in January no longer qualify to buy a house. Mm-hmm. And that could be. Because they've lost 20% of their, the, you mm-hmm. know, their spending power mm-hmm. to where they're just, they're priced out in a lot of these areas. And that's why you're seeing that. Where, of course, Northport on the other end, if you look under 350 or under 400,000, it's still, you know, they're, they're, it's a feast on, on every listing that hits the market. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting. You have to look at price point and you have to look at area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else that comes to mind that you'd like to share with uh, other team leaders or, or anybody considering joining a team? <laughs> I think it's, it's if, I think with the mindset of joining a team, it, it is, it's not a zero sum game. If you're coming on a team, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily, because obviously you come on the team, you're going to be giving up some of your commission to, you know, because you believe in the in the process and the product and the vision of the people that uh, are the person or people that are leading you. I think what you'll find is uh, when you come onto a team, you'll end up because of those collective experiences that people bring. You're going to season a lot faster, and as a result, your uh, the the benefit associated with being in a team will help you, generally speaking, eclipse what you could have done in that short period of time as an individual agent if you're, if you're new to the business. So I think there's a lot of value to being on a team. And if you think in a bigger way, you can really improve and accelerate how you're going to approach things moving forward. Great advice. Anything else? Um, in regards to the, the team and anybody thinking about maybe you know a, a team lead or joining a team, Um, Every team, like you said, I think everybody runs it a little different. Um, The way that I look at our team is I ensure that all the agents on the team really mesh well together. And I'll give you a perfect Mm -hmm. example is, um, you know, if I'm not busy, my my agents on the team, they know they can call any one of other to to just try to get that advice or to try to help them through whatever it is that – that they may need answers on just to help them get through whether it's a transaction or a contract or anything like that. So, um, you know, and, and again, going back to um, what Robert said earlier, it is we. 
you know, mm-hmm. I had an agent come on and, and they were a new agent and, and all you kept hearing them say was, well, you know, give it a year and then I'll, I'll be going solo. You know, I just need to get the training. And I think that was um, her initial outlook of it. Now, six months in, she says, I see the complete value of a team. I realize, yes, there's commission being um, given out and you're not getting 100%, but the value of the open houses, the leads, the mentorship, the other team members, just the training, you know, now she's, she's got a complete different mindset to where it's, you know, I am, I am 100% team and Mm -hmm. I know what Mm -hmm. we're building and we're all doing it together. Love that. Mm -hmm. That is great. And that's uh, indicative of good leadership. Mm -hmm. It's inspiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about you, Joe? Um, So I'll touch more on becoming a team leader. So you have to realize when you do that, like I said, with me, I was knowingly giving up half of my business Mm -hmm. because I was at that point where I needed somebody to help me out. Um, Not only that, you're bringing somebody in that now you have another person you're responsible for that you have to help them. You have to generate their business. Like, like they had said, you have to help them with their goals. You have to always kind of be there for them because you did bring them into that situation. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's give and take on both sides and you just have to have the expectation set up front. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the first six months to a year, there's going to be a huge learning curve. Right. And, and you know, one thing I think that is a bit unique with how you've built your team, and I really respect it, is uh, you've taken extreme ownership of encouraging people to leave their careers to join your team. And, you know, that's a little bit different than, you know, meeting another realtor who already has committed that they want to be in this industry and then trying to help them along their way a little bit. I mean, you've flat out encouraged people to quit their jobs, you know, take a major career shift and, uh, and, and obviously you're a lot more responsible and accountable for, yeah. <laughs> for the end result. So sure, right. I, th- I think right. that that that's really great that, that, uh, right. yeah, that you, you approached it that way. I think that's really nice. Christian was a big one when he came over cause he was a six figure earner before coming over to real estate. So that that's a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. And I'd known him for years. So I sold him and Maggie the house they live in. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Huh. About wow. almost three, well, two and a half years ago. Wow. (laughs) Very cool. Is there anything else that you guys would like to add here that maybe we didn't cover? Michelle? (laughs) (laughs) There doesn't have to be. I think uh, I feel I feel great about the conversation. I think it it touched on a lot of things that a lot of people would uh, be interested to know. And um, a lot of people are inspired by all three of you. You're all great leaders and deserve all of the success. And you know, it's evident with all the hard work. And so, of course, even at our own firm, we have quite a few teams and to be in the top three is a is a real uh, accomplishment. And so um, congratulations on all of your success. And we're delighted to be able to work with you with our preferred shore brand and are, you know, just willing and, and hopeful to do everything that we can to continue supporting you and watching you grow. That's what I enjoy out of this whole process. So um, if you'd like to share maybe your websites, how people may um, reach you if they'd like to, to connect and talk further, maybe talk about joining your team or maybe buying or selling a house. So what would be the best way to reach you? Is it your website, Joe? Or? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. It's a great day in real estate.com. Fantastic. Robert? Uh, www.lwrhome.com. Uh, you can reach us there. Okay. Liquidranchhome.com. LWR? Uh, LWRhome.com. Yeah. Home away from home. <laughs> I would say um, just call or text 941-920-2460. Fantastic. Well, thank you all very much for those that are watching. This is a Friday afternoon, almost evening. So, you know, we it, it's a time to, you know, normally we're kind of simmering down and everything. So I appreciate your sacrifice to come in and have this conversation. I know it will definitely benefit a lot of people. So thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the conversation as well. And we'll come back to you again soon. Bye, everybody.